tonight. And welcome his presence in this place. Amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this place here tonight. Jesus, we lift your name on high with our worship. We sing. Oh, don't lose heart, oh, my soul, oh, my soul.
held the key, the Savior of the world. We hail you tonight, Lord. We say, oh, hail the King, Lord, because only you could do what you do. Thank you, Lord. So we sing tonight, Lord, of the power of our God. Lord, I hope that in this very moment, Lord, that we're drawing people from the street, Lord, because they can feel your presence so palpable right here. Lord, those within the sound of my voice, Lord, I have no doubt, Heavenly Father, can feel, Lord, that you are present, Lord. You are here with us, Lord. There is no doubt about it, Heavenly Father. So thank you, Lord, for this time together, Lord, that we say, all hail King Jesus. Let every knee bow down before the King of kings. Let every tongue confess that he is Lord. And we will join all of heaven shouting, holy, holy, holy is the King. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time, Lord. And Lord, may your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, church, will you give him a shout of glory tonight? Just celebrate the Lord tonight. Amen. What a wonderful time of worship. And as you're celebrating our time together, will you greet one another in his name? Amen. Well, good evening, church family. How are we doing tonight? How does it feel to be here on a Wednesday night celebrating the Lord? Amen? Amen. Church, it's so awesome to see you guys on this Wednesday night. There are so many other things you could be doing today, or tonight rather, but you decided to be here and celebrate the Lord and be fed, and that's just awesome. Uh, before we get started, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but is anyone visiting our church for the very first time today? Amen. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for showing us. Thank, awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for finding us. And if you're joining with us online for the very first time, we want to welcome you as well. You are part of this family now. Well, church, we don't have much uh, to say tonight. Uh, the only thing that we're getting ready to celebrate is this Easter Sunday. The resurrection, the death, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and he is coming back again soon, very soon. Yes, absolutely, definitely. We have, yes, we have uh, a couple things that are going on to uh, celebrate this. This coming Friday, the, I believe it's the 7th, right? April 7th, this Friday at 6 p.m., we are having a Good Friday service, a full-blown service. We're going to have a worship service, and Pastor Richard is going to bring a great message to honor and to talk about Good Friday. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's, uh, I want to encourage you to invite your family, invite your friends, especially the ones who probably already have plans on Sunday. Bring them. Bring them still. So that way they still get fed. They still get to encounter Christ in some way if they're not going to do anything on Easter Sunday. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time. 
And also, this coming Sunday is Easter, and we are having two amazing services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. with great worship. We have some awesome songs that we want to share with you guys to celebrate the Lord. And, of course, a great message as well brought by Pastor Richard. Uh, We're also going to be doing communion for all those services on Friday and on Easter Sunday. We're going to partake in communion as a family, as a congregation. So that's going to be awesome. Yes, amen. Absolutely. We want to invite you to be a part of that. We also have still some invitations outside on the little tables out there. We just have a few hundred left. That is a few hundred people more that you can invite to encounter Jesus. There is. Easter, we celebrate Easter because it's, it's springtime, um, everything is blooming, all the new things are coming. What better time to celebrate a new life here on Easter Sunday and on Good Friday as well. Um, so pick up on your way out today, pick up just a few of those invitations. We just have a few left, a few hundred left. Go invite your family, invite your friends, pass them to someone you may not know on the bus or at work or something. It's going to be awesome. And as well, going on on Sunday, Newbie Kids is having an Easter egg hunt for the kids, for the kids, all right, (laughs) for the kids, an Easter egg hunt uh, on Sunday, Easter Sunday for both services, during both services. Um, So bring them as well. Bring your kids, bring your neighbors, bring your nieces, your nephews, your grandkids, whoever. It's going to be awesome. And of course, they're going to have their worship time and uh, teaching time as well to celebrate the Lord. Um, If Easter Sunday gets pretty packed, it's one of the most attended services uh, each year. If you come and and it seems like there is not enough seats, don't you fret. We're going to have an overflow section in the youth sanctuary. They have a big uh, screen just like this one over there. And they're going to have that. They're going to have chairs so you can still Uh, hear the same worship. You can worship and hear the same message going on. It's going to happen live. So we are going to have plenty, plenty of spots. There is no such thing as no room in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So church, that's the only thing that's going on. We just want to thank you again. Nothing here can be possible without your faithful tithe and giving. We just want to say thank you on behalf of the leadership here at New Beginnings Church and on behalf of all of you guys and all the missionaries and ministries that we uh, use those tithing to support. Um, if you would like to tithe today, if you're going to do that today, there's a few ways you can do that. You have, uh, we have envelopes outside of the sanctuary. You can uh, put your tithe in there. Write your, inf- your information so that we can just say thank you, and then you can drop it off at any of the drop boxes on your way out when you're dismissed today. And then, we, of course, we have our app, the NBC ABQ app as well. There's a little section over there. Um, at the bottom, it has a heart, and it says give. It'll take you a link to give. Um, we have text to give as well, and then you can go straight to our website, nbcabq.com give, and you can give there. So, again, thank you for your tithing and everything else. We can't wait for this Friday, good, good Friday service. Our Easter Sunday service is going to be awesome. I'll stop talking now. Let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Richard to the pulpit. Thank you, AJ, and thank you, church. What an amazing time of worship. I was telling Pastor Michael back here that last song, man, just it's still rolling in my head. Oh, hail King Jesus! Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. Young people are dismissed to go to their class. And uh, you guys have an amazing time of learning about the Lord and what he's doing in your lives. And uh, it's a awesome to see you guys growing and growing and growing. Keep inviting your friends. And all of us need to keep inviting our friends. It's a joy to have you all here. Guys, I, uh, we've been doing this sermon series on the 23rd Psalm. It's God's solution for stress. And today we're going to be focusing on God's solution for our hurt. When we've been wounded, when we've been hurt, how many of you ever been hurt in your life by anyone? Anybody? Yeah, you know, the majority of us. The rest of you that didn't raise your hand, you're so wounded, you can't even raise your hand. No, but because we all have, right? We all have been hurt at one way or another. And some people have been hurt because of an accidental thing that happened. And, it, it you know, some it was an intentional thing someone did to you. And some is just an illness that happens in life and you're going through uh, some pain and, and, uh, and, and it's just an imperfect world that we live in that we hurt. And in Psalm chapter 23, in the 23rd Psalm, in the fifth verse, the writer David writes and he says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. And you honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus, minister to us right now because Lord, both in this room and people watching online are hurting. Some are hurting psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, Lord, mentally. They're just going through some difficult times. And we just pray, Father God, that you bring healing today. That healing is experienced, Lord, both in this sanctuary and those online. I pray in Christ's glorious name, amen. So I want to let you know there's some things that to do when you've been hurt. But I want to start off by saying the things not to do. Because we have a tendency to do these things and it just messes things up worse for us. And we end up finding ourselves in a bigger mess because we do these things that we shouldn't do when we are experiencing a hurt in our life. And the very first thing we should not do when you're hurting is don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't deny it. Don't minimize it. Don't procrastinate. Look, procrastinate doing something about it. Don't pretend that it didn't happen. Quit ignoring it. Ignoring it doesn't heal it. It's kind of like going to a doctor. You finally go to the doctor and he goes, what's wrong? Well, you're the doctor, tell me. Well, give me a starting point. Let me know what's hurting. Let me know what's happening. Let me know what's not happening. Let me know what's going on in your life. It's important that we understand that we have to open up and confess our pain to God and to let him know what we're going through and open up our heart and say, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm facing. And this is where I need your help. Don't ignore it. Because let me tell you something. Some people say time heals all wounds. Tell that to someone in an emergency room. <laughs> Oh, don't worry about it. Time will heal this. No, it's not. We've got an urgent need here. We've got to take care of. Some of us 
are going through a crisis right now, and it's an urgent crisis, it's an urgent situation, and you need help, quit ignoring it and acting like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, you know what? Don't go around going, but you know what? Open up your heart and say, I'm broken right now. I'm hurting. I need prayer. I need a hug. I need someone to walk alongside of me. Look what it says in Psalm 39, verse 2 and 3. It says, but I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things. The turmoil within me grew worse. So when you just stay silent and ignore it, it gets worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter it got, lighting a fire of words. Man, haven't you ever been there where you just ignore it and you're sitting there and you're seething and you're there and before you know it, it ignites a, 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 a bunch of words and you're there, rushum, nishum, rushum, rushum, nashum, 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 nishum, nashum. And, and man, and it's like, wow, something's wrong with that person. They're a little uptight. You see, you can't ignore it. Another thing don't do is don't run from it. Don't run away. Oh, no, man. I remember when I was a kid, I got into some trouble, and I was afraid to go home. So I, I literally was running all over the neighborhood, and my mom and dad were trying to, hey, they'd call Gilbert's house, hey, is Tony over there? Uh, no, he was, but he's gone. I was like, oh, man, they go, your mom, Phew, I took off, man. And, and I, it's like, hello, it wasn't the end of the world, but I was running from my problem. I didn't want to face it. And finally, I get home, and I didn't even get in trouble like I thought I was going to get in trouble. They just wanted to know what happened, and let's explain that, and tell us what's going on. What are you thinking? What are you experiencing? What took place? Sometimes we don't want to talk about it, so we run away, and we act like it never happened, and we hide, and we don't want to face anybody, and all it does is make things worse. So don't run from it. It's important that you face it. That's why he even said, if I had, you know, in, in Psalm 56, uh, 55, rather, verse 6 through 8, he says, oh, that I had winds like a dove, then I would fly away and rest. I'd get out of here, man. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape far from the wild storm of hatred. Like, I want to get out of this place. Haven't you ever want to do that before? But sometimes running away makes it worse. You've ever had an argument with your husband or wife or your boyfriend or girlfriend or your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, and then you end up taking off? Ooh, man, it's like setting gasoline on a fire. It's going to be hotter than what you left it as. And it isn't by accident that doors going out of a building always open out. And most of them in a public setting have a push bar. And you know why they have a push bar? Because in case of an emergency, the first thing people are going to do is run to get out, and they're going to push and panic. And that's why they call them panic bars, or they call them push bars. But they usually call them panic bars because people, when they're panicking, they want to run and get away, and they want to get as far away as they can. And people want to run from their trouble. And we escape sometimes in movies. We escape sometimes in television or alcohol. We escape sometimes in drugs or sex. We escape sometimes in, in divorce, or we escape sometimes with no matter how we think we need to get away from it. We try to get away from it, and all it does is make a bigger mess. 
So don't run from it. A third thing is don't hide it. Don't hide from it. Man, some of us want to hide it. We want to hide the problem. We don't have problems. Is everything okay here? No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Fine, 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 fine. And you see it's all tense, and it's like, man, something's going down here. Man, we've got to make sure we open up. We've got to quit wearing masks. I always tell people, I want to be a pastor that is teaching the congregation how to take our mask off, to be real, in other words, to be genuine. Because what do we say a lot of times? How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed by the best. I'm doing wonderful. Praise God. Everything is peachy, creamy, hunky-dory, wonderful. Oh, it's just never been better. Oh, I thought you and your husband were separated. That's what I mean. It's never been better. No, no, no. no. Okay, I'll get it aside. You see, we, we end up making a mess because we hide what we're really going through. Don't hide it. Don't hide it. We need to admit, I'm angry right now. Yeah, you know what? I, I need to deal with this anger right now. Don't disguise it. Don't, 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 no, deal with it. Because the results of hiding our hurts is right in this scripture. Check it out. Psalm 32, verse 3. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Haven't you ever been there? When you haven't let a pain out, you haven't let a sin out, you haven't confessed something that you did, and before you know it, man, you're like, you're like messed up, and you're like, oh, I got to deal with this. It's eating my stomach. I, I'm, I'm experiencing ulcers. I'm experiencing all kinds of something or another. Well, yeah, it's that you won't deal with the problem. In the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray with each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. It's saying confess your sins to each other. What it's saying there, in other words, is find someone that's spiritual, find someone that's godly, find someone that's not a gossiper, find someone that's going to pray with you and encourage you and tell them, dude, I'm like tripping right now. I am like falling apart. I am like, I don't know what to do. My kids are driving me nuts. My kids are broken, and I'm broken because I can't seem to do anything about it. Pray for me right now. My husband is going left gutter. I don't know what's going on. My wife is just in another dimension. Help me, please. See, Confess your sins, confess your pain, confess with one another, tell them, say, this is where I need you to pray with me. This is where I need you to stand with me. Because right now, in what I'm facing and what we're going through, it is overwhelming. And it's taking us down. Because revealing your feeling is the beginning of your healing. Did you hear that? Revealing your healing is the beginning of revealing your feelings is the beginning of your healing. And everyone has hurts. You're not alone. And when you share it, and all of a sudden, it seems like if you share it with somebody, they go, man, I remember when we went through that. And you're like, what? You went through that? No way. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we went through that. You're like, goodness gracious. I never would have known that. You all look so happy, and it looks like you've never had a problem in your life. And you're like, ooh, you don't even know, man. 
You don't even know how many times till death do you part look real good. I took the gun out, but there was no bullets. <laughs> Haven't you ever been there? Come on, be honest, straight out. Like, oh, my goodness gracious. See, so don't, don't hide it. Talk to somebody that's spiritual and say, pray with me. Pray with me because you know what? Life isn't going like I thought it'd be going right now, but you know what? I know God is in control. He's sovereign, and he's going to turn it around. Then the fourth thing you've got to do is don't worry about it. Don't just sit there and worry about your problem over and over and over. Worry is basically an attempt to control something that's uncontrollable. There are some things that you cannot do a thing about. If somebody calls you up and they go, man, they just told me that they found a growth in my body. Well, you're not a doctor. You can't get your knife out and take it out. And I hope you don't take your knife out and take it out. <laughs> Let that to the surgeon. But hear me, what you can do is pray with them, encourage them, stand with them, give them scripture, read scripture together. But don't try to control them and say, oh my God, okay, okay, look, this is what you gotta do. This is, no, you know what? You're not the doctor. Let the doctor be the doctor and you be your friend that's gonna come alongside of you and pray and stand with you. In the book of Job, chapter five, verse two, it says, surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. What he's saying there is when you start holding on to it and you just don't want to, you, 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 you act like, oh, you know what, I don't want to, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, don't worry. No, I need to do something about this. I need to partner with somebody, but I can't do anything and I'm only going to do what I can do because I know what I can't do and I can't do anything about what I can't do, so I'm going to do what I can do. Amen? Did you stay with me during that? Because let me tell you something, worry just increases the size of the pain. It really makes it worse. I like reading Dear Abby, and I like reading Ann Landers. And somebody wrote Ann Landers and said, I just figured out that my fiancé has a wooden leg. Should I, should I break it off? I'm like, don't break the dude's leg off. <laughs> but they meant, should I break off the relationship? But see how it comes out dumb? When we get worried, we say some of the dumbest things. We say some really dumb things and end up hurting people and end up just, just, just disinflating them. Another thing not to do is don't resent it. If you're going through a hurt, don't get bitter over it. Remember, life will make you bitter or it'll make you better. So get better. In the book of Job, chapter 18, verse 4, it says, you may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? <laughs> will that make the rocks tremble? In other words, haven't you ever seen people that, ah, ah, and they're hitting themselves, and I'm just so stupid. And, uh, like, what's wrong with you? All you're doing is hurting yourself. It's not changing anything. It's not making the earth go, ay, carambas. The rocks aren't going, I'm scared. If they're beating themselves, what are they going to do to me? If you get a rock and start beating it up, guess what's going to happen? You're going to hurt your hand. The rock's going to win. You need to make sure that you don't get crazy. Bitterness hurts us more than, it, it, than what you think. It really makes things worse. It really damages things. The more and more you, you just play it over and over, bitterness hurts you more than what you even ever thought. 
Bitterness allows the past to control your present. Bitterness will allow people from the past to control and continue to hurt you. There's some of you that allow your past memories to continue to hurt you, and some of those people that did those things to you are dead. Yet they continue to just have you paralyzed. I'll never forget a man in our church grew up without his father. When he was a teenager, his uncle said, see that man walking there? And that's your dad. That's who the first time he knew who his dad was. And the man didn't even give him the time of day. And he was so broken and so hurt and so angry and so filled with bitterness that he just wrote him off. Fast forward some 40 years, and the father shows up at the son's door and says, I'm dying of cancer, and I'd like to make things right with you. And this man from our church slammed the door in his face. This man's wife from our church opened the door and said, come in. He's going, what are you letting that man in my house for? She goes, because God wants you to reconcile before he dies. And he never reconciled. And the father said, please forgive me. And finally, sometime afterwards, he came up to me and he goes, Pastor, I'm carrying all this resentment, so much bitterness and so much hate. I said, I want you to write your dad a letter. The conversation that you've had in your head for all your life, since the time they pointed him out on the sidewalk. And go to the graveside and you read that letter out loud and you say, Lord, this is what I need, this man that said he was my dad to know. And he read the letter and when it was over, he released the letter and he said, God, now into your hands, I give you all that bitterness. I give you all that pain. I give you all that suffering. I give you everything. And today I say by faith, I forgive him. And he was free. And he lives free to this day. And to this day, he's helping others find freedom and healing and wholeness through that. So don't hold on to it. So then what do we do when we're hurt? What do we do? Look what it says in in, in Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. So the first thing he's saying is let Jesus take care of it for us. Let Jesus take care of it for us. You got to understand he's saying, I'm going to prepare a table for you. I'm going to prepare a table. Now, this whole Psalm 23 is, starts off, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not have any need. I shall not want. So it's talking that God is our shepherd. And if you study this in verse 5, when he says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, you're literally saying that the shepherd is preparing this feast. But you have to understand what's really going on. You prepare a table. You prepare this place where I'm going to find wholeness because sheep had all all kind of natural enemies. Sheep don't have vicious teeth to fight with and claws to fight with. 
Sheep are, are, are defenseless, basically. And some of their enemies were wolves, coyotes, bears, snakes, lions, and fleas. Even fleas. And the sheep are defenseless. And they don't know how to fight good. They, they can't really kick. They can't run fast. They're helpless. They can't eat well unless someone protects them. So what the scripture's saying is that the sheep are led by the shepherd, and the shepherd would find what they called a table land for them. And a table land was a field where they would drive out all the enemies so that the sheep could eat safely there and rest safely there. So you got to understand that God is saying he's going to take care of you when you're hurt. When you're wounded, he's going to make a table where even your enemies aren't going to be able to attack you. And you might be in the presence of your enemies, but they're not going to touch you because my God is with me and he's going to take care of me. You see, God is saying, let me take care of you if you're hurting. In Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 19, it says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honorable. Look what he says in verse 18. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Verse 19, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. We live in a world where people want to take revenge. We live in a world where they want to get even. We live in a world where, man, oralo verás, man. You better wait and see. That's what oralo verás means. Just wait and see. Just wait and see what's going to happen. Man, you can't heal when you're hurting. You can't heal when you're seeking revenge. And we have all forms of revenge today. Today it's called, hire a lawyer. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you for everything you got. I'm going to make you suffer. Man, revenge doesn't work. It just escalates the pain. It makes things worse. Man, forgiveness reveals, it relieves the pain. When you forgive somebody, you're relieved of the pain. Forgiveness is not saying it's okay that you hurt me. Forgiveness is not saying that it wasn't that bad. Forgiveness isn't saying that it didn't hurt. Forgiveness isn't denying that the evil, the evil that was done. But forgiveness is giving our hurt to God and letting him take care of it. And I'll trust you, Lord, because I know you're going to see me through. Some of you need to forgive. And you're afraid to forgive. You mean if I forgive, it just, it's saying that it was okay they hurt me? No. But look what it's doing to you. It's like the old saying, you're the one that drank poison and you expect them to die. And it's killing you. You're dying on the vine. That pain is destroying you. And you need to say, God, I got to give this to the Lord. So you know why we need to forgive? Because we've been forgiven. And resentment just makes things worse. It makes us miserable. It makes things really bad. And we need more forgiveness in the future. I'm going to need more forgiveness in the future. It's not that I'm planning to sin, but you know what? 
Sometimes I just do some dumb things. And I have to say, oh, Cindy, please forgive me. Son, daughter, please forgive me. Staff, please forgive me. People, please forgive me. Haven't you ever done something dumb? Haven't you ever had to ask for forgiveness? Hopefully you've done it. Hopefully you've humbled yourself enough to do it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, it says, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So you need to make sure that you let Jesus heal your wound. Second thing, if you're really going to surrender it to Jesus, is let Jesus heal you. Heal the wounds deep. He says, you anoint my head with oil. You know what that is talking about right there in that passage? It's talking about the shepherds used to put oil and use oil to minister to the sheep. If they had a wound, they would put olive oil on it to bring healing to it. And, and, and you know one thing that was a real enemy, a hardcore enemy of the sheep are fleas. Fleas. Oh, the wolves are scary. The coyotes are scary. The bears and the lions are scary. But the fleas, those little bitty, no good for nothing little things drive them nuts. And you know what the shepherds would do? They would get some, they would get some uh, um, olive oil and they would get the olive oil and they would mix it together and they would mix it and they would put it in there with, with sulfur. And with the sulfur and the oil, it would be like an insect repellent and the fleas would leave them alone. And it says, man, you anoint my head with oil. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're so calming. Thank you, Lord. Don't you need God to take care of you with the little fleas in your life, the little things that are eating you alive, and you're going, oh, my gosh, i got so many things driving me crazy. Man. But it was also used for open wounds to soothe them and, and to comfort them. So I don't know what you're going through, whether you're being eaten alive by a bunch of little problems, or if you got some real big ones, either way, God says, I will anoint your head with oil. In other words, I will take care of you. I'm going to put my healing hand on you. That's why it says in Psalm 147, verse 3, he says, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Forgiveness is an instant, but it is instant. You instantly forgive him, but it's a restorative process that takes time. Like I've forgiven some people before, but that didn't mean I trusted them right away. That didn't mean I gave them a full open door to come back into my life. It's like I'm going to use wisdom. I forgive you, and that's instant. But you know what? It's going to take some time to restore this relationship because you wounded me really bad. You hurt me really bad. You haven't even taken the knife out yet. It's like, let's start there. Let's ad- admit you put the knife in me. Let's find some healing. You see, the deeper the wound, the longer the healing might take. And we have to understand that. And you know how God heals wounds, especially deep wounds? With fellowship. When we have fellowship, we support each other. We encourage each other. We pray for each other. We, we speak life into each other. We get to say, you know what? I haven't gone through that, but I went through something similar. And you share your story and you share encouragement and you have fellowship. Another way is through prayer. 
You pray with people. You say, man, I, I just want you to know, I, I don't know exactly how you feel, but I know how I felt when I went through it, and I want to see you through, and I'm going to help you through. And, and we need to either unload or we need to upload, but one way or another, we're overloaded, and we need to just release it to God. Another way of healing is through worship, an emotional time of coming into God's presence and letting our emotions and the truth of God's presence connect all together because we don't serve God just out of emotions, but emotions are also a part of serving God. I love the Lord, and there's times I don't feel all peachy, creamy, hunky-dory. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing horrible. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? Even though I might be going through a difficult time, my God is real and my God is great and God's going to see me through and that's what I'm going to hold on to and he's going to let my emotions catch up with truth and truth is going to carry the emotions. And another way of healing is through ministry. We help others and we do ministry. Man, if you want to, look, if you want to find some real encouragement in your life, just come here on the third Friday of any month when we're distributing food, you'll get so charged up. Go, go the second Friday of every month to God's warehouse. Or just go every, go Tuesdays. Go help serve on Tuesdays or Fridays. You'll be so encouraged, you'll go, man, did you see everything we did? Pastor Chug, I got to pray with some people. Pastor Chug, I was able to help people. Pastor Chug, I was able to do this. Pastor Chug... Go visit 4700 Central Southeast. It's called UHC Thrift Store. And you go in there, first of all, they have like the coolest stuff in the world. So you might not want to go in there because you're going to have to have some money because it's like, holy cow, they got nice stuff. But when you're in there, you get to hear all the ministry going on. The workers of UHC are talking with people, praying with people, it's just an exciting place to be around. Or you want to you wanna share and be, some, be excited? Man, hang out with some of the people from Frontline Resurrection Ministry. Amen. They're just wild women of God that love Jesus. <laughs> they love the Lord. Matter of fact, they, why not go out there this Saturday? They're going to have a big old cutting, ribbon cutting ceremony of their new facility, it's called, they're calling it the ranch. And it's over on Santiago Southwest. Look, just get a flyer after church, but go out there and you're gonna be so amped up and go, oh my gosh, man, I love these people. They just are doing some great things for God. If you wanna experience some awesome things, get involved in ministry here at our church. You will get so amped up of what's happening because many of you that are hurting need to know about the God that says, I want you right now on the surgery table. Be still and know that I am God. Lay there and let me operate on you. Amen. Or maybe you're in the, in the next stage, the get moving stage, the physical therapy stage. That's where I'm at in this process of healing. I go to physical therapy and they go, okay, you ready to work? And I'm like, yeah. And boy, they work me. They gave me this new therapist the other day. She's a much, much older lady, all white hair. She looked like a grandmother. 
And she started off real sweet, and then she took the whip out and vamonos. Come on, get going there, Richard. Come on, Pastor. We gotta get you strong to get up there at your pulpit. Come on. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I wasn't crying. I really was happy, but I but see, some of you are now at that stage because you you laid there and you were still before the Lord, and he did surgery and he took away the pain, but now he's taking you through through, through a, a time of boot camp to bring some healing to your life. And then there's the, the scars of hurt. You know what the scars of hurt are for? To remind us that we have a healer. To say, man, what happened there? Oh, man, if I only told you, but let me tell you something. Man, they were going to cut my hand off, but you know what? The God that I serve healed me, and I saved my hand. Man, what happened there? No, man, you know what? I almost got killed. And that, look, today I went to, to go visit my barber. And by the way, how did it look? How did it look? Huh? Uh, <laughs> and I went, to, I went to go get a haircut. And while I'm there, I just start ministering. And I start sharing with everybody. And there's a guy there, and I was ministering to him. And, and my barber goes, man, Pastor, you don't even know. He's got nine lives. He's been shot in the face. He's been shot in the gut. He got ejected from a car at 70 miles an hour. He then and then and then and afterwards, man, I said, get over here. I go, I need to pray over you. And I laid hands on him and I prayed and I ministered. You see, God has us there to remind us. And I told him, see those scars? They're a reminder to you that God healed you and he gave you back life and he has a purpose for you. So make sure you discover your purpose and live it out for God's glory. And then what you need to do is you need to let God, Jesus Christ, satisfy your needs. We're always looking for something else to satisfy our needs. That's why the Rolling Stones had a famous song, I can't get no satisfaction. And what do we do? And I try, and I try, and I try, and I try. But I can't get no, because you know what? You and I are looking in the wrong place to be satisfied. You cannot have a spiritual satisfaction from a worldly place. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He said, my cup, my cup, my cup. What does that mean? It means total satisfaction. This is what I'm going to drink from. I'm going to drink from my cup. I'm not going to be chasing other cups. I'm not going to be trying to fill my cup with any other thing. I'm going to drink from the cup of the Lord, and I'm going to say, fill me up, Lord, because I'm empty, and you are the one that fills me and sustains me, and you're going to carry me through. We need to look to God to take care of our needs. He's the main reason, he's the major reason that we are finding healing from the hurts of our lives. He's going to meet our needs, not our parents, not our spouse, not our employer, not, 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 not. It's going to be the Lord and only the Lord. So come to him, run to him, cry out to him. Say, God, thank you for what you're doing. No person can give you the kind of love that only God can. No person could give you the kind of security that only God can. No person can give you the kind of happiness that only God can. God will meet your needs. You will overflow. Your cup overfloweth. It overflows. It's being poured in with hope. He's giving us hope. In the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then... 
you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're not overflowing with confident hope, it's because you know what? You're not keeping your cup under the fountain of the Lord. You need to say, fill me up, Lord. Give me hope. You're the hope of glory. I'm going to trust in you and nothing else. I'm going to lean into you and nothing else. I'm going to trust and believe in you and nothing else. So make sure you do that. Not only does he give us hope, but he gives us the love. He gives us overwhelming love. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12 says, you, may, uh, you and may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. So he wants to overflow our, our hope. He wants to overflow our love. And he wants to overflow our joy. Look what it says in John chapter 16, verse 24. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have an abundant joy, an overflowing joy. I will take care of you. I'll never forget. I think it was the very first time or second time I went to Israel. There in the Middle Eastern country, there's a custom we were in a Bedouin tent. The Bedouin are the nomads, the ones out there in the desert. And we were having a meal there, and they brought tea. And they made tea, and they had a cup. And the custom is when they pour your cup, and it empties, and they pour it again, and it empties, and they pour it again, and they keep overflowing your cup. They want you to stay as long as you want. They don't want you to leave their presence. But if they fill your cup and they don't fill it again, what they're saying is, hey, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> uh, they're going like that. And that doesn't mean a blessing. That means, hey, you in the front, get out. <laughs> Vámonos, get out of here. So man, so as long as your cup overflowed, they wanted you to stay. The psalmist says, you caused my cup to overflow. My cup overfloweth. Lord, thank you that you don't want me to leave your presence. Thank you, God, that you want to keep me right there. The Lord invites us to a banquet, a banquet of hope, a banquet of health, a banquet of salvation. He's promised us abundance. He promised us overflowing. He promised us to heal our wounds. My anointing is upon you. I will anoint your head with oil. I'll heal your wounds. I'll heal your pain. I will let your cup overflow because you are not going to leave my presence. I'm going to keep you here as long as you want to stay. Oh, that we would never want to go drink from any other cup. Might we never want to go have our cup filled by any other fountain. Might we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to believe that you are going to see me through. I'm going to believe that you're going to take care of me. I'm going to believe that, Lord, if you are for me, nothing could be against me. And that, Lord, you're going to take care of me no matter what. So you need to really trust God. 
And some of you have been wounded so much, you're all mad at God thinking he did everything. Well, why'd you let that happen, God? If you're in control, why'd you let it happen? Aren't you glad we don't serve robots and we're not robots? God says, this is the way it's going to be no matter what. No, he gives us a free will. And you know the sad thing in our free will? We've hurt some people because of our free will, and some people have hurt us because of their free will. But our God, my God, your God, who is faithful, will see us in the presence of our enemies, but they can't touch us. No harm can come to you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch out for you. I'm going to anoint your head with oil. Some of you have never given your life to Jesus and you're thinking tonight like, he makes it sound so easy. He doesn't even know what I've gone through. And you know what? I don't know what you've gone through. But I know him. The Lord knows what you've gone through and he wants to see you through. And he wants to give you a new life. And if you've never trusted Jesus and you've never put your trust in him and you want to do that tonight, just say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Amen, amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else want to do that? Because I just want to celebrate. Because God wants to free you from the pain Some of you have been dealing with pain from your childhood. You went through a horrible childhood. Some of you at your teenage years. Some of you, it was just 30 minutes before service. But God is saying, I want to restore you. So for you that raised your hand, would you stand so we could pray with you? We want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you, and I just want to let you know we love you. Church, would you say this prayer? All of us say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I want a new beginning. I want a new life. Heal my wounds. Heal my brokenness. Give me a new life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Chris, and I got a Bible. Would you come up real quick? I want to give you a Bible. There's some material we want to give you. This is Pastor Chris and Pastor Sonia. And and we got some awesome material for you. Sweetie, bless you, mija. Bless you. Praise the Lord, sis. Look at this. We meet again, sis. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now look, some of you need anointing tonight. If you come to the altar, if you want them to anoint you, say, would you anoint me? If you don't want to be anointed, say, I'd rather not be anointed. But some of you need healing. You have real internal pain, turmoil, and it's killing you. Would you make your way up right now if you want prayer? Would you make your way up right now to say, I need God to restore my brokenness, to restore my pain? I need God to just lay his love upon me, his hope, his joy, and his love, a love that surpasses all understanding, a hope that gives us strength, that gives us power, that gives us anointing, a hope that carries us to a whole new dimension 
and allows God to restore us. So just make your way up. There's people that want to pray with you, and they're going to stand with you, and they're going to believe with you. And the rest of us, you can remain seated or stand to your feet, but we're going to worship, and we're going to thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. All hail King Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, let the Lord continue to minister to you. Stephen, please come and pray with some people. Sing it out to his name. They're on the cross that made the sinners. For every curse is blood atoned. And find the breath and it was finished. But not the end could known. For the earth began to Right where you are, pray and surrender all your pain over to the Lord. Say, God, I don't want to carry this anymore. And give praise to the King of glory. Say, all hail King Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Give him praise, give him praise. We're believing it, God. Thank you for what you're doing. We need healing, Lord. We need restoration, reconciliation. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name.
Praise the Lord. Give him praise, would you? Give him praise. Just thank the Lord. Heavenly Father, we, we are so thankful, Lord, that at any moment, Lord, we can come before you, Lord, and lay it down right here at the foot of the cross, Lord. The hurts, Lord, that seem to take us back so many steps, Lord, but only you can carry us through those hard times. Lord, we lay those down before you tonight, Lord, and we say, Lord, will you take care of that for me? Lord, I lay it all down because we said tonight, Lord, all hail King Jesus, Lord, giving you all the power, all the glory and all the honor, Lord, and giving you the glory and the honor that you're due, Lord, because that is what you do best, Lord. You take my hurt away and you restore it. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight, Lord, that does heal and it does restore. Thank you, Lord, for tonight, Heavenly Father. We give you the praise, Lord, that we would not walk out the same way that we walked in tonight. Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Will you give him glory tonight, church? Will you celebrate what the Lord has done tonight? And I know many of you tonight have laid it all down tonight. And don't forget, church, as you walk out tonight, our ushers are ready with some invitations for Easter. And I hope to see you here on Friday night for our good Easter service, as well for our Sunday service on Sunday at 9 and 11. We love you, church. We'll see you then. Love you, guys.